Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Through this podcast, we hope to challenge and equip you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus and in living and loving like Him. Much of the New Testament is made up of letters written by Paul to the churches he planted. These letters were not written to strangers, but to friends. And each of these letters includes a very personal prayer. God would prompt Paul to pray by bringing specific people to his mind. Paul prayed intentional and powerful prayers for those he loved. Following his lead, these are prayers we should echo for one another. When God brings people to our minds, he is giving us the opportunity to pray on their behalf. Join us for a series where we learn to pray unceasingly with others in mind. Good morning. Uh, I'm not one to typically sit when I preach, so if today is your first time, uh, my name is Matt. Uh, They let me be one of the pastors around here for now. Um, And, uh, but today, like, I just want to, sometimes, like, I I get too excited when I walk around and, and I start talking really fast. And I know, like, it's hard to hear everything that's coming out of my mouth. Even now, I'm, I, I'm, I'm fighting it. Um, it's because, man, I have a lot to say, and I don't have a, a ton of time. And you say, well, let the Spirit move. Yeah, you go work in kids next Sunday and then say that. Because um, there's a threshold there where kids are no longer kids. There's some tor- sort of wild demon that you got to get away from. And so would you show some love to our kids, volunteers, for all they do? If you just pulled open uh, the Vintage app to take notes today, go ahead and close it. Uh, because what's in there, I'm pretty sure, is not what I'm about to preach. Because I have written and rewritten this message about five times this past week. The, the latest version was written at about 2.30 this morning. Um, and so, here we go. We've been trying to figure out how to be better at this thing called prayer. I have been trying to figure that out. Because I'm not good at it. And you can say, Matt, the only way to not be good at prayer is to not do it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm not good at doing it consistently. Um, I, I've said every week that, that I've, as I look back on my life, that the intensity of my prayers has always been connected to the severity of my problems. So unless I felt like I had a severe problem, then my prayer was not very intense. And, and I, I've looked throughout my life, and just God has reminded me, Matt, like I, I want to talk to you more. And I want you to talk to me more, because if we're going to have the relationship that, that you stand up there and tell your church that you want to have with me and you want them to have with me, then we got to talk. And we don't do that unless you're in trouble. And I'm tired of you treating me like I'm Santa Claus or the operator on the other end of a 911. Like, I want you to talk to me. Because if we're going to have this healthy relationship, then, then we have to communicate. Like, you've got to talk and you've got to listen. And there's got to be moments when you have this. And, and, and in order to do that, like, God has been, been tr- stirring in my heart this desire to, to, to be a person who prays for people. That if I'm going to consistently pray, then, like, I've got to get my prayers off of me and my own problems and pray for other people. Because I am, I am the byproduct of so much intercession. And I know that's a new word for a lot of you. I'll remind you kind of what it means. It means to, to act the actions of intervening on behalf of another. The intercession is simply that, the actions of intervening on behalf of another. And, and so much of my life, like, man, I have praying parents who have called out to God on my behalf in moments when I have been stubborn. There's been times in my life I've been stubborn. I know y'all don't believe that. Don't ask my wife. 
<laughs> Pray for me when I'm not when I'm stubborn, but when I've been stupid. I have moments in my life when I've been stupid. And I know you can't believe that. <laughs> but I want to be a person who prays for other people. And so as we moved into this year and God's been stirring things in my life, I've just been, I've been trying to do that more and do that better. And, 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 and what you find is when, when your prayers are not centered around you and your person and your problems and your issues, and you really start trying to have a desire for pray for other people, like, like your prayer life changes. It really does. And when you intentionally decide, I'm going to carve out time specifically to pray for people and people in our church, because I have a lot of people to pray for. It's, it's crazy. I mean, like this church has changed so much over the last year, and it, it's hard for me to pastor because it's weird. I'll, I'll be in Walmart, and people will come up to me, and I'm like, like, hey, pastor. I'm like, hey, you. Because <laughs> I've never seen you before in my life. But we've been coming to Vintage for six months. And I feel like about this tall. But, and then I'm just reminded, like, like God's doing crazy things, and and. It's not important that everybody in this community knows me. It's more important that everybody in this community knows Jesus. Amen. And if you think that everybody in this community, in order to need to know Jesus, needs to know me, you think way too highly of me. But I want to pray for people. I want to live out Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. It says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Like I've read that verse as we've moved into this year. And like I've been always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Like don't we, make the, we make the Bible much more complicated than it is. And I know there are some things we read in the Bible and we read a verse and we're like, God, what did you just say? But like sometimes God makes it really simple. And I'm glad. Come on. Like, always keep on praying for all the Lord's people means that we should always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And I've just been like, God, I want to be, I want to be an intercessor for people, and I, I want to pray for other people, and it doesn't come natural to me. I told you on week one, like, I have to intentionally carve out time where I just set aside and just focus my brain and my mind. Like, I have to carve, I don't know about you, but if I don't intentionally put things in my schedule, they don't get done. Because life happens, and next thing you know, like you've just gone through a day, and you've, 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 had all, you've been living in kind of this emergency mode where you're just dealing, putting out fires and dealing with situations. Sometimes you just have to say, you know what, for a little while, the, the world don't need me. I know that's not correct grammar, but it's just true. Like the, wor the world will keep on functioning if you disconnect it from, from it for five minutes. Like it's not going to off, your kids aren't going to die. Your spouse ain't going to leave you. The sky's not going to fall. Just disconnect. But if you're going to do that, you just need, you, there's some things you need to know. If you start asking God to help you become an intercessor, there's some, <laughs> he's going to do it. And then you're going to be like, I don't know that I really wanted this in the first place. Because the next thing you know, what he's going to do, if you're willing to pray, guess what? He's going to put people in your life who need to be prayed for. If you say, God, I, I want to be used by you, guess what? God's going to use you. When you confess that to him, when you, when you open yourself up to being used by God, he's like, okay. 
I think about a time when Peter's in the boat, and he's like, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come to you. And he says, come on. And Peter's like, what? <laughs> and, and when you ask God to build an, an intercessor out of you, it will quickly get heavy and messy. Because God's going to start bringing people into your life and bringing people that cross your path that have issues that are heavy and messy. And we're all about, like, messy until somebody's mess gets on us. Like, welcome to Vintage Church where everybody's as messed up as you are. We love that saying, until somebody's mess begins to inconvenience you a little bit. And when their mess starts getting on you, and that's when, you, when, you, when you enter into messy, it's messy. And you start dealing with issues that are uncomfortable and difficult. And you start getting people coming to you. And, and, and before you know it, what you're going to start feeling is just the weight of all that stuff in your life. And it's going to be really quick, easy for you to say, never mind, I don't want to be an intercessor anymore. Because I talk about how people around you are, are, are going through really, really difficult things. And y'all think I'm just kidding. But you... It would blow your mind what the people around you are walking through that they need you to pray for. There is somebody within about six feet of you that if you knew their whole story and you thought yours was bad. And since I've been praying this prayer, there's been a lot of people that God has been putting in my life. And, and I don't know how to, I don't know another way to say this, so just go ahead and give me grace. But since I've been praying this, people, God has been bringing people in my life that all hell is breaking loose in their lives. Like, from the moment that I started asking God, to, like even, I mean, people have been going through really, really difficult things. And, and I don't mean to put people into categories, but there's, there's like three specific kind of categories of people that God has been putting in my life since I've been asking for this. And, and one of those are people just who are hurting physically. There are people that are around you who are hurting physically, that are walking through really... F there are people that are sitting around you just to sitting, sitting in this room alone is physically painful for them. Like for them just to function day in and day out because they're battling physical issues that are, that are about to break them. They're in pain, like physically in pain in this room. And just to like, like to get up and come to church, it, it's hard. Like it would be much easier, much better just to be in the bed. I haven't asked their permission to do this, but I'm going to tell you some stories. I look out there and I see Jeff and Chris Marshall. And Jeff needs a kidney. So bad, so much so, he's on dialysis for hours every single day and has been for a really long time. And Jeff is blessed with an amazing wife named Chris who's learned how to do this procedure that most people told her she would never be able to do for him. But hours upon hours, day in and day out, she administers that treatment. And I've been praying for Jeff's healing for a really long time. I think about Kevin Walker, who typically sits right over here in our 11 o'clock service, who's battling cancer again. 
He'll walk in here today and most people will never even know that he is hurting and he's going through treatment that is destroying his body. And he never complains. <laughs> and I've been asking God to heal him. Because I believe prayer has the power to physically heal people. I believe scripture tells us when people are physically hurting that we are to pray for them. I'm not a doctor. Shocker. And I think, I think there's a lot of ways. I think that, that God can very well give wisdom to doctors and physicians to give us the medicines that we need to bring about healing. Some people say, well, God, I'm praying for a miracle. I am too. And if that miracle comes from God putting his spirit on them and immediately being healed, or God putting his spirit on somebody a lot smarter than me to give them the technology to deliver them, any way you want to do it, God, go on ahead. James chapter 5, verse 13. Is anyone, of you, anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. If anyone is happy, let them sing songs of praise. If anyone among you is sick, let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That when God brings people who are physically hurting in our lives, that we intercede on their behalf and ask God for their healing. But... Not only is God bringing people into my life who are hurting physically, God is bringing people into my life who are just broken emotionally. That one sometimes can be a little bit harder to identify and perhaps harder to heal. But there have been people that, since I've been, just since I've been asking God to, to, to put this in my heart, who have gone through things in this life that are just breaking them emotionally because they're just having to navigate stuff that, that I don't understand and I can't figure out. Like Julie Seagraves, who last week was sitting right about there. I stood in the living room of a home that they had just bought together, she and her, at that time, fiance Tim. And I did their wedding, and these are two people that had a long road to find each other later in life. And I sat before a couple who were a little bit removed from teenage years, but had that teenage kind of love again. And I stood there, and I remember how happy they were on that day in October. And when Tim suddenly died... And the end of December, it broke Julie. I remember talking to her on the phone and she said, we were so happy. We had finally found each other and now he's gone. Physically, she's fine, but emotionally, you walk through something like that and she's broken. Last Sunday, during our 11 o'clock gathering, a family had to tear out of the back row, out of this building, to rush home 
because Brian and Ashley Turner's home was on fire. And by the end of last Sunday, everything they owned was destroyed. They were sitting right back there last Sunday. And they get a phone call. And at the end of the day, everything gone. They're safe. Their kids are fine. But it, emotionally, if you don't think that wears on you, so we're praying for a family who lost everything they have. And as a path, there's nothing you can say, but there's a lot you can pray. Because I've been asking God to do in those people something that I never can. Like you, when people are broken emotionally, there, there's, not a, there's not a pill that you can take. There's not a medication that's going to fix it. There's not a conversation that you can have that's going to make them feel better. But I'm reminded in Psalm 34, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So my intercession is, God, do for them what I have no clue how to do. Fill in those gaps. When people have experienced loss, whether it was somebody they love or something that they loved, and it's gone and it's not coming back, they need our prayers. They need this intercession thing that we're talking about. But more than the people who are hurting physically and more than the people who are broken emotionally, God has really been putting on my heart to pray for the people who are lost spiritually. Because you do realize that everybody's greatest need is a spiritual one. More than, more than you need to be healed, more than you need to be healed from cancer, more than you need to be made whole from loss, there is a gap in your spirit left by sin that only Jesus can feel. And if you die spiritually lost, the ramifications for that are worse than any of the others. Amen, somebody. Come on. There is a Jesus-shaped hole in all of our hearts. And God has been putting people in my life who I know don't know Jesus or have not made that decision yet. And if you want to tell you who I'm crying out for, it's those people. And if you don't believe that, let me take you back to John chapter, John chapter 6. Remember, Jesus is ju just fed the 5,000, had this most beautiful of all miracles where he feeds all these people and he takes this little boy's lunch and, and through his own power he multiplies it. And, and not only did, and it's really not the feeding of 5,000, it could be 15 or 20,000 because they only counted the men in that, in that time. And so, not counting the women and the children, you could, I mean, this could have been 15, 20, 30,000 people that Jesus feels. And not only is, is there, there just enough that everybody gets a bite. There's so much left over, they just fill baskets full of it because that's who God is. Amen. But remember the next day, this big crowd is following Jesus. And this is what he says to them in John chapter 6, verse 26. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Like, like, like you're not following me around because you understand who I am. 
You're not following me around because you know that I have something really deep that you deeply need. You're not following me around because you see that I am the Messiah. You're following me around because I gave you a sandwich. But what you don't realize is a sandwich ain't enough. You need a Savior. Verse 27, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then drop down to verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. See, yeah, you came to me because you were physically hungry, and I was able to meet that need, but in a couple hours, your stomach's going to be growling again. But what you don't realize is your soul has been growling since the beginning, longing for something that only I can give you. And if you only knew who I really was, you'd stop asking for a sandwich and realize that I'm the Savior. And believe it or not, there are people around you, even in this room throughout every weekend, who they're not hurting physically necessarily. I would submit if you're lost, you're a little bit broken emotionally anyway. But more importantly, you're lost spiritually. And Jesus said that if he was lifted up, that he would draw people to himself. We don't save people. We can have a conversation, but the conversion is up to God. But God's been telling me, Matt, before you have a conversation about him with them, have a conversation with him about them. And if you ever, we've been talking about Paul and how Paul was this intercessor. And Paul was, was asking for, telling people how we were going to pray. But I noticed something. Every time Paul asks for prayer, there's moments when Paul writes in his letters for them to pray for him. But what I've noticed is about every single one of those prayers is Paul asking for them to pray for him so that he would have a door open to tell other people about Jesus. Like the prayers he was always asking for were centered around the people who were lost spiritually. He prays things like this. Look at Colossians chapter 4, verse 3. It says, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we can proclaim the mystery of Christ. Which I am in cha- for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. He says, pray that, that God would give me the wisdom and clarity to proclaim the gospel, to tell people about Jesus, because, yeah, I'm going to encounter people that are hurting physically, and I'm going to encounter people that are broken emotionally, but more important, every day I'm put in front of people who are lost spiritually. And would you pray that I would just have the clarity to, to portray who Jesus is and what he's done and what he can do and will do in their lives in a way that's so clear and so powerful. And so he says, pray. When, when you ask God to, be an, to turn you into an intercessor, that's what he does. And next thing you know, people are crossing your path who need your prayers. 
And I guarantee you that everybody you come in contact with is going to fall in one of these places. There are people who are hurting physically and need healing. There are people who are broken emotionally and need healing. And there are people who are lost spiritually who need healing. So that's why it's really important that we be praying intentionally. It's too important. There's too much at stake for us to go through this life consumed with ourselves. There are people all around you every day, every Sunday, in your home, in your neighborhood, and your like there are people around you who need you praying intentionally. And man, there's people I've been praying for and praying for and praying for. And see, it's when you recognize this, you begin to pray these things, but then all of a sudden what you what you discover is like sometimes you don't see traction. Isn't that the hard part about prayer? Is we keep on praying and we keep on praying and we keep on praying, and it just doesn't feel like there's any movement. And I think most of the time, it's like we, we start out praying pretty good, like with the, with the right intentions, and we want to be intercessors. But God, I've been praying for, for their healing for years, and it hadn't happened. I've been praying that you would heal their hearts for years, and it hadn't happened. I've been praying that you would draw them to yourself and come to, and man, there's, there's nothing more painful than knowing somebody who doesn't know Jesus, especially when it's somebody you deeply love. Because the thought of somebody you love dying and missing out on the eternity that God has for them is more than most of us can bear. When it's your child or it's your mom or it's your dad or it's your uncle or it's somebody. And it's really easy after a while just to give up. I remind you there's a story that Jesus told to the disciples in Luke chapter 18. And right out of the gate, some parables you got to read and you got to wade through and you got to kind of figure out. Right out of the gate, the disciples, the, Luke, the writer of this gospel says, says, here's why Jesus tells them this parable. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. says, when Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. So the point of the prayer of the persistent widow that's about to follow, what's the point? Always pray and never give up. Now I've heard pastors try to parse this thing out and, and dissect and that kind of stuff. You don't need to. What's the point? Always pray and never give up. The end. I don't need to preach a 45-minute sermon on that. What's the point of that prayer? That parable? Always pray and never give up. So are you praying for somebody who's physically hurting? Always pray and never give up. Are you praying for somebody who's broken emotionally? Always pray and never give up. Are you praying for somebody who's lost spiritually? Always pray and never give up. And you do realize, like, God always answers prayer. Sometimes he says yes. I like the yes. You ever had God give you a yes to a prayer? Like, you prayed for it and it happened? Like, you, you talked to God and you asked God and you sought God and it happened? Probably didn't happen as quick as you wanted to happen. Sometimes it does. But it happened. There's a lot of times we pray and God says yes. God always answers prayer. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes we pray for something and God says no. He answered it. He just said no. And that's hard. 
I will remind you what the great theologian Garth Brooks said. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Thank God I prayed that I would marry her and I didn't. Thank God I asked for this and you didn't give it to me. And there's sometimes that when we pray and God doesn't say no, he just says not now. Because right now you're not ready or right now is not the time or right now. And like, I, I, don't, I don't understand why he answers the way he answers when he answers it. But this is what God has been teaching me about praying. When I pray, when I pray, I am never convinced he will. But I'm always confident he can. And you need to learn that if you're going to keep praying and never give up. When I pray, I'm never convinced he will. But I am always confident he can. So you want to be an intercessor? Get ready. Because people are going to start trolling into the circumference of your life for the purpose of you being the intercessor in their life. And it's going to be messy because there's going to be people that are physically hurting, that are broken emotionally, that are lost spiritually. And you're going to pray and you're going to pray and you're going to pray. And there's going to come a moment when you think it's done, it's over, it's too late. Always pray and never give up. And when you pray, you don't have to be convinced he will, but you must be confident that he can. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I'm going to invite some of our prayer team who are ready to pray with you and over you to make their way around the room. There are people in this room that they want to be an intercessor for you today. And this is what I know in my spirit. There are people that have sat in this room all throughout this series who are hurting physically and you need an intercessor, who are broken emotionally and you need an intercessor, who are lost spiritually and you need an intercessor. And you've been fighting it and you've been stubborn and you've been unwilling to walk up to one of these people because they're a stranger and they don't know you and stop with the excuses. It's time to pray and maybe you need to just go walk up to one of these people because you know you're in one of those categories and you're an intercessor and you need to see to let them pray over you or maybe you're here today and you've been intercessing for somebody. You've been praying over somebody with one of these three issues and, and you're just exhausted and you're spent and you, you walked in here today having given up or thinking it's time to give up and God's saying no, always pray and never give up. You don't have to be convinced I will but be confident that I can. So we're going to give some time to pray. So God, would you move on hearts? Would you help people to be obedient to whatever it is you're asking them to do in this moment? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. To stay connected with what's happening at Vintage, download the Vintage Church app to access sermon notes, events, devotionals, previous podcasts, and discover ways to get connected in community. We hope you join us again soon.